0: Episode 67 of The Metro Fan. Uh, it, it was weekly at one point this year, but we seem to have uh, hit a bit of a slump over the last few weeks. Yes, welcome back to the rundown, ladies and gentlemen, after a short hiatus. Uh, as real life gotten in the, way the past few weeks... Uh, we come to you live for the first time in a week, so off the backs of a kind of a pretty weird run of form, I think, uh, for the team. Uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Of course, a uh, 2-0 loss to Miami on the road, our first road loss of the year um, this year. All good things come to an end. Nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary, and so are you. But then we bounce back uh, at home against uh, Charlotte in the Open Cup for a pretty Convincing 3-1 win at our home away from home at Montclair State University. Pretty great, all told. Uh, definitely washed a bitter taste of uh, a perf- an undefeated away record being snapped by um, Jorge Mas and his band of terrible, terrible mercenaries. But anyway... <laughs> Here to here to break it down with us is none other than someone very familiar with the New York to Miami
1: um pipeline, Juan <laughs> Escalante. How are you, my friend? Doing all right, lens. It's it's been it, it's been a few weeks. It's what six matches since since the last time we spoke on yeah. this podcast. And what 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 six matches they have been. It, it's been a real roller coaster ride, I think,
0: uh, hasn't it? Um, I think um, fixture congestion is always, and how to deal with it is always kind of, uh, you know, I think um, a hallmark of uh, the MLS summer, right? I think with all the competitions in full swing, and it's really around these times a year that um, the squad construct gets uh, tested to an even bigger degree. Because that's where you're starting to rely on the the reserves, right? Sort of uh, your second, or sometimes even third string players, based on a uh, if 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 injuries have really uh, got you shit out of luck, right? Uh, this is where we start to pull out, you know. I mean, and I remember in past years that to be the time for the Carlos Rivases and the uh, oh yes, <laughs> the Tommy
1: Reddings. <laughs> to get reps and <laughs> although I will say I think I think we've graduated uh past those kinds of players in terms of quality I would like to imagine so mm,
0: yeah I mean I think uh, really when I think about like uh, depth runs uh, from that year particularly I think uh, that's sort of a misnomer anyway because I think uh, we were, it's really the fact that we we're uh well actually I I I think that we actually just like rode Tim Parker and Aaron Long, like fucking secretariat, to quote Mike Woodson, right? Through <laughs> <laughs> do those dogged summer years uh, back in back in twenty eighteen, but someone could probably fact check me on that. Uh, I do not have um that 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 was just my general sentiment. Please don't quote me. On right. That. I I, I, I <laughs> have
1: I, I doubt that we we played Tommy Redding again after that one game versus Orlando. Oh yeah. He went. He went to play Counter Strike or whatever.
0: wasn't it like overwatch or something and then i
1: think so yeah like
0: overwatch like uh and activision blizzard ended up being embroiled in like that uh humongous sexual harassment scandal oh lord oh yeah oh boy
1: (laughs) i I do not think he was involved in that but uh he's not our player anymore so I, i won't check yeah i mean uh he's he's a gamer
0: Right, I mean uh, <clears throat> a, fate, a fate worse than death. If you ask me, is being uh, is being labeled a gamer. I think. Exactly. But anyway, oh dear. Anyway, uh, let's get back to more pressing issues. How was how was Southern Florida? How many times did you go to
1: Publix? <laughs> uh, once or twice, I think. Yeah, we got we got a Publix cookie. Amanda and I went down to Miami. Uh, we had we had she had never been to Publix before. I had not been to Publix in, I uh, probably since 2018. Uh, we got the heralded Publix cookie. Um, Did it hit? It it absolutely hit. <laughs> Publix Bakery, nothing but bangers. Tell the people! Tell the people what kind of cookie it is. Uh, she got m and M cookie, and I got oh, I actually got an apple fritter. I was feeling the apple fritter. Oh, it was freshly made. Choice, hey. yeah. yeah, man.
0: I was a real off, the, real off the beaten path one there.
1: I was feeling it. I saw it in the window. I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling that. So
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, what am I? It's like, um, it's like Maddie Taylor goals, right? They come maybe the, the, the feeling comes maybe two or three times a season,
1: but when you see one, scared. you're like, man, that looks tasty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, but yeah, attraction like uh, engine pieces of like, like
0: a uh, public bakery. Yeah, but anyway, exactly. Sorry. Sorry. No, uh,
1: we had got so we we did go to the game in Miami. Such a bizarre vibe down there. <clears throat> um, it's no stadium I've ever been to has felt so temporary. <laughs> like just a rector set. The bathrooms were like basically in converted uh, trailers. It's very very bizarre and. um the Miami crowd is, is exactly what you'd expect. Uh, a guy did one step over, and people were like s- screaming their heads off. But that's an, my my hatred of Miami sports fan culture is well documented on this podcast, so we don't have to go in there. And I don't have to I remember the game all that much too because it did not end very well.
2: Yeah. yeah but to yeah. bring
1: but to bring back, uh, I guess if we wanted to bring back the discussion at hand, it is. Uh, Particularly, questions of depth, and this past stretch of games is been a test of this team's depth, and in some cases, we've seen it succeed to great to great uh, to great acclaim, such as the games against uh, DC, and in a way, uh, a bit of Philly, a bit of Chicago. Yeah, Maybe I, Chicago, I think but... definitely put the Philly
0: game up in there, right? Because, I mean, going up against uh, one of the best teams in the East and you basically, uh, Judge out a pretty decent draw from that. I thought it was a pretty decent result. With anyway, 10 men, too. Yeah, with 10 men. It's worth pointing out. I think that's the other thing, right? We're also dealing with suspensions on top of, like, rotation. But anyway, sorry. Rotation,
1: suspension, uh, uh, fixture congestion. It's all those things.
0: Yeah. Oh, my. And it
1: felt like the, the Miami game really did feel like, uh, uh, the team kind of is just throwing in the towel a bit for uh, for this game, for the Open Cup game midweek, because um, looking again, I think really the only weaker roster spot would have been um, the placement of if I if I remember correctly, we had Dylan Nealis playing at left back or then i can i don't know i'm looking at fb ref but again i could be wrong no he was playing at left back so yeah so we did play because he was with uh lewis morgan on that same side yeah but yeah um and then the, the the surprise inclusion of ryan mara which i'm not really gonna harp that much on it's carlos cornell drank a bit too much ma- too many sodas and <laughs> got a kidney stone <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't happen again
0: he's he's been walling out in the ironbound a bit too much to poor guy uh. exactly <laughs> but yeah um I think, uh, I think I think I think uh, that was a particularly something that's a ta- tantamount, right? Sorry, no, that kind of not tantamount, paramount. Something that kind of exemplifies like what we're talking about when it comes to rotation, kind of being and squad that being a bit of an issue there, right? But I think the conundrum, the cavalcade of names that were thrown out at left back, I think over the course of the last few weeks, uh, doesn't really indicate to me. I mean, quite frankly, a team that is. Pretty well constructed to go deep into tournaments at this moment in time. Like, um, it's pretty notable to see that when jo- when John Tolkien, like, I think uh, went down, right? Uh, I think it was either due either to either rotation or su- I think suspension at one point, right? If I'm not mistaken.
1: I think he had COVID. That's why COVID, he was COVID. Yeah. COVID pro- health, and,
0: health and safety protocols. Health yeah, and safety protocols. Yeah. Um, I mean, the same I, goes I, for Klamala too when he was out. Yeah. And uh, basically, I mean, I think uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, various names that were thrown out included, I think Dylan Nealis, and I think even at one Jason Pendon, and I think even at one point uh, Cameron Harper was tried out there at left back. Uh, uh
1: yes. Which was
0: which I think or left uh, back know.
1: or at least uh, uh, as a wing back position. Jason Pendon definitely came in as uh, as an option replacing uh, Nealis in that game against Miami.
0: Yeah and and i think uh, you know i mean it's it's one of those things that like kind of exemplifies that to me right i mean i think uh um rotation and the lack of i think options i think at certain positions on the roster have kind of cost us but um in this stretch of the last uh few weeks or so but i still think um like i'm not as concerned about the fullback depth as much as I am about our options in the center of the pitch, right? And I think in recent weeks, you could probably say that uh, teams have had a bit more luck going up against us uh, right down the middle, right? Just partially because I think um, we are not deploying our... A, we're not deploying a first-choice midfield axis every game in Frankie and Drew Yearwood, and B, when we do, they're not going to be as fresh, right? Simply because of the fact that there's a lot of um, because of the because of the congested nature of our schedule right and the fact that like I think uh, the weather's warming up again so um, you gotta you gotta account for the fact that I think guys are gonna tire out a bit more easily uh, nowadays. Um, of course I can't really, um definitively say what the weather feels like because obviously (laughs) i'm not there but it does factor in a little bit i mean i think the sluggishness you saw in miami could partially be due to the fact that like a guy's kind of wilted in the heat a little bit but also the fact that i think um as we mentioned right squad rotation and the fact that we're throwing out a bunch of names that aren't quite familiar with uh the nature of how they should be playing right like especially at, like left back is uh, one key example Well, also i think uh, the fact that i think uh the midfield's not as fresh right i mean uh, it definitely results in more porous midfield performances right and i think uh, the miami game was kind of a culmination of that with uh just how much of a non-presence they kind of felt right i mean like uh, the first 10 or 15 minutes uh they displayed a lot of intent and drive, but then that just kind of disappeared as the game carried on and everybody just kind of tired down. Right. I mean, uh, and I think uh, that kind of transfers over to, I think this trend that we've been seeing of a lot more silly goals kind of being conceded. Right. And I think um, it's partially because we just aren't as tight for these reasons. Right. Uh, We're relying on players being played out there. Um, being played in unnatural positions, right? Which means they're not going to be as positionally aware all the time. And on top of that, like, uh, I I think um, we've lost the uh, bit of the compactness that was like a hallmark, I think, uh, in the center of the pitch, I think, for most of the early run of the season, right? I think uh, we we, we didn't quite do a good job of winning uh, second balls as much, I think, over the last, in Miami in particular. And as a result of that, they were kind of having, they're, they're just kind of having, you know, kind of having their way with that. We weren't quite, we didn't quite bring that intensity.
1: Well. Yeah. I would also say that, like, it's over these past few games, if we looked at, say, maybe the game against Philly, definitely against the game in Chicago, and I would say in the, in the game against Miami too, where we, we're seeing the effects of not being able to capitalize on early chances yeah if you look at like like the shot log according to fb ref like if i remember and like just from what i remember it's like we had we were generating enough chances up until i think the twenty first first 20 23 minutes up until like the the shot that uh klimala had and then miami scores off a deflected goal like really if you look at the xg on that goal like it, it was like negative because it's not exactly <laughs> like rare it was deflected mirror was screened on he didn't see it and it kind of just bobbled in um and i think that game would have looked much different had klimala finished that chance but like as much as people want to get on his back about that particular one sure he should have done better there he should have put that away but like that was one of one of two clear cut chances we had all game long that yeah. and i think the hat and the shot that um that I think Amaya had uh, around the middle of the second half. Like, and I think that that's what bites us ultimately. Like it doesn't feel like we're a team that if we're not generating a bunch of chances and this, obvi- this, this sounds obvious now that it's coming out of my face. Like if we fail to, to create that many chances, we have less chances to score goals.
0: Sometimes in football, you have to score goals, right? I think uh, sometimes So <laughs> uh, a great, A great philosopher once once told me that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I think that I mean I mean I think it's absolutely fair to kind of bring that up, you know. And I think uh, no, it's it's one of those like perception things. Once again, right? I mean, like, yeah, we, we we need to do better with the chances that we do get. I mean, that's the hallmark clinical teams, but sometimes the volume still isn't quite there yet. We seem to, but, but when we talk about Charlotte in a bit, I do think uh, we can rectify it. We, we we can make claims as to, say, of uh, what happens when we do actually generate those volumes of chances. But uh, to, yeah. just, to tie it back to uh, what we saw before the Open Cup game. I mean, I think uh, that's been the question, right? And I think anybody, we kind of felt this over the away, run of away wins to a degree where... Um, Basically, we knew that our away form wasn't going to carry us forever, right? And I think this is uh, especially stings because, I mean, of all the games at home that we dropped as a result of wasted chances, right? I mean, like, at home, these as past few home games as well, right? You could definitely say that we... Could had enough come our way where we could have bagged the result. I mean, especially that fucking game against Chicago that ended like fucking 3-3 for whatever reason. You know, like...
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. on uh, one like... hand, I'm glad they didn't lose that. I was convinced that they were going to lose that game, and they didn't, which is great, but uh, I... we could have been 2-0 up after 20 minutes, probably. We could, I
0: could have had... I have BTSD watching the scoreline after that game. I'm not calling <laughs> <that>. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, like, that's the deal, right? I mean, I think uh, in games where we do take those chances, like we do against Chicago, we make a lot of silly individual errors that kind of uh, swings it the other way. And then, yeah. like, uh, there are other instances of that. Like, I think, I want to say the game against Portland, where we had a lot of chances to, like, win the game, but, like, we just didn't take them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. We could have very easily won that game as well. But, you know, we, we, we just we just squandered them. And the fact of the matter is that I think... Uh, the last few games is that uh you know when our defense has lapses like this and you know sometimes they will fluctuate in performance over the course of a season right uh and the offense doesn't quite pick up their end of the bargain by converting whatever comes their way right this is what happens this is generally what happens right sometimes the results will stop going away your you're not going to be carried by your away form forever yeah and uh, if you can't capitalize on these at home especially right that's when you start to slip down the table I mean this is going to be one of the tougher parts of the schedule I think in terms of like uh, rotation and congestion but that doesn't take away from the fact that these were very beatable teams that we played right Um, that we played at home over this stretch and I don't think uh, it really you can really make too many excuses for that Right. Because I think if we seriously want to consider ourselves good. Right. And I do think that this team has a lot of a pretty decent case to be considered at least like a top three team in the East this year. Right. These are the right. We're still like top
1: three in terms of like. Uh... No, it's like these
0: are the types of wins that you need to beg. Basically, as exactly. These are the teams yeah. that you should be beating at home. But yeah, like you exactly. said, we are still top three in terms of I think goals conceded and expected goals Goals conceded, against, right? expected so, goals, expected goals against. It's all those things. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it indicates to me that it's uh, you know, I mean, um, we're still a very tight defensive team. It's just that we've made some silly mistakes over the past uh, couple of weeks that have kind of cost us, and they've kind of hit more just simply because. We aren't we still couldn't get we still can't get over that hump at Red Bull arena we've technically won at home now but we <laughs> we uh, yes we we, we we still haven't um, won at Red Bull arena shall we say right and that's kind of where we need to start picking things up a little bit uh, yeah I think uh, that's that's sort of where I'm at for this uh, yeah
1: hopefully hopefully uh we have our first away loss out of the way and our technically first home win out of the way. Hopefully we can start rolling tomorrow. Inshallah.
0: Pretty cool that we managed to exercise the ghosts of uh, no, no home wins right at the most
1: haunted city in New Jersey. Exactly. Playing at MSU. (laughs) (laughs) It was the opposite of haunted. It was great. It was a great night out at the football
0: it seemed like a great fucking time I mean, along. yeah it was I great mean, man uh it, it felt like one of those like lower league grounds you know like uh lads in the bleachers making noise um <laughs> uh the scran is like maybe like what three dollars <laughs> great stuff like oh yeah that. exactly like
1: three dollar hot dogs proper proper football night
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say that, I mean, like, uh, what is it, the the main takeaway from the game at MSU is that, like, uh, and and this is where I'm going to kind of shit on the uh, game day experience at Red Bull Arena, is that you don't need all those stupid bells and whistles, I think. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That they have apparently um, pervaded um, the game day experience at Red Bull Arena, nowadays like i don't know why the fuck you need like some host telling the crowd to make some noise and like engage the crowd like it's a fucking basketball game but i mean like this is the kind of hokey ass shit that like uh (laughs) caused me to seek out the the, this kind of hokey ass shit that i kind of hate about it (laughs) the presentation of other american sports basically yeah
1: yeah yeah i I know that i'm 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 a real football esthete slash semi-football pervert, but uh, I do go to watch the football for the football.
0: And that's what kind of the essence of uh, the MSU experience, I think, uh, especially like what came through on TV, right? I mean, no thrill, no frills, right? Just thrills. Uh, 11, you came out to see 11 guys in the pitch uh, completely decimate uh, decimate uh, a comically run organization. <laughs> <laughs> And it felt good. I ain't gonna lie. Wanna, I mean, I mean, th- th- this is where I, I, I'm, I'm on my knees, begging you, like seriously, like, uh, like, pl- just, just have the Red Bull Arena experience focus on soccer, like it used to, right? Take away all this. Everybody, clap your hands. Bop 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 bop. <laughs> bullshit. Okay.
1: No Wendy's cam. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Can we divert the funds into, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I haven't eaten food at the arena in a while because everything everything is not good anymore. Uh, yeah, brisa's really fell off. Huh? I ain't gonna lie. I, I feel <laughs> I, I hear they're better, but it's not. You don't get the deal anymore. It's not the nine dollars. You have to pay the full twelve, and I'm like, what's the point? What's that's the point bullshit. here? Yeah, I'm sorry that that's whack, dude. I, I don't. I do not appreciate it. But <laughs> hopefully, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> like I ha- I I hate to be like like to look at the halcyon days of 2018, but uh, there's a bit of me that that misses that a bit. But
0: yeah, I'm I'm glad that I managed to uh, get out before I think uh, the on pitch and off pitch experience is completely cratered. I'm not going to lie. Uh, You're right, sitting at the arena being told uh, to jump, 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 jump while Chris Armas is playing like ca- coward coward ball. I think. <laughs> probably have uh does not sound fun uh and then there was that whole uh pandemic thing that followed but uh we don't really need to get into that too much we, we, on this we, podcast we um but um yeah basically like um the main takeaway that i have uh is that um the experience at msu is a really cool is a really cool intimate affair i will say and it definitely came through in
1: television right i mean uh it, it sounded raucous the place was, it was rocking. great yeah yeah if, uh, if more <laughs> i'm afraid that like uh the powers that be would see that say oh we should have every game at msu like no that is not what we're saying we're yeah. saying that we want no frills soccer
0: yeah exactly just keep it all about the
1: game keep it about the red bull uh
0: um I I guess on the topic of the Charlotte game I think it's going to be a pretty natural um point to segue off of I think uh cuz uh yes uh first home win of the season technically at uh, away from home 3-1 yeah, yeah. I believe in in, you know.
1: in in the in the greater New Jersey autonomous zone Yes <laughs> at the Haunted University Exactly
0: I, I mean uh I was trying to find a way to fit all the ghost jokes in there, but I think I'm going to tire people out and that shit. So yes, uh, basically I'm not going to harp on, I'm not going to harp on the fact that, uh, uh, I'm not going to harp on the fact that <laughs> Montclair is apparently built in a burial ground, which I thought was actually kind of funny, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I gotta say, I mean, uh, very, what it ultimately ended up being a very convincing performance. I think other than that one, I think schoolboy error, um, <laughs> That silly schoolboy error and their goal, right? I mean, uh, letting a goal kick bounce like that for Shish is, is criminal, in my opinion. Yeah. But these are the kinds of silly defensive errors that we've been talking about. And, you know, I mean, it's just lapses, right? I mean, these are easily fixable. These are something that um, you can tighten up in training a little bit. Uh, I would obviously be a lot more worried if, uh, you know, they were if charlotte were creating like a flurry of chances that they just didn't take because that indicates i think a greater structural failure but it wasn't really quite like that right i mean other than this one silly mistake uh there wasn't anything that i thought was uh particularly threatening we seem to have them contained for the most part of the game right
1: so yeah, it was strange uh <laughs> the stat line, which I I, I really enjoyed, was that uh, we only had 37% possession, but uh, what was it? 17 total shots, 4 shots on target, to their 3 shots on target, despite having most of uh, the lion's share of the, of the ball.
0: That's sort of like the hallmark of Red Bull teams, I think, as we know.
1: Red Bull teams playing against uh, Charlotte, which is trying to do their weird reheated tiki-taka budget pep guardiola bullshit with their coach i don't know they even have like a
0: dollar store brand Gu- guardiola is like their manager I'm like, so exactly aldi pep or whatever
1: Spaniard. yeah <laughs> it's the bald guy who got a job coaching in qatar because he's like because he's from barcelona and now he thinks he's pe- you know what also he, he does the weird things so he'll like dress like pep in like the weird sweaters the sweater and, then, shit,
0: right? yeah.
1: and then like he did this thing he was playing they were playing vancouver the other day and there's a clip of him like going up to the opposition they won right but he went up to the vancouver goalkeeper and like you played a great game you showed a lot of person and that's like the kind of weird shit that pep guardiola does but like it feels like reheated this time
0: yeah i, I really don't get how it is that spain manages to like uh produce so many bald bald managers i guess i don't
1: get the only good bald managers from spain yeah the only good bald manager from spain is paco Jemez, and his teams either only ever won 5-2 or they lost 7-3 like but that's (laughs) (laughs) that's no defense just vibes you know just vibes man (laughs) apparently he his, his parents were like flamenco performers so he also knows card tricks and can play guitar i'm like this guy knows vibes this, this, this is a
0: sitcom character this is not a exactly not a football manager really. not a
1: football manager not a serious football man this is a <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no i mean like uh I, I mean i don't know i think maybe this is the way that spain tries to like uh make up their deficits in their gdp by exporting all these terrible horrible football managers overseas <laughs> like uh to like the shittiest parts of the world like uh qatar and charlotte
1: you know like <laughs> the two of the worst places on earth
0: yeah like literally literally the worst places on earth like <laughs> uh to to basically like uh y- 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 you think like on your cv i said th- you think they have like a photoshop they have a photo they they have like a headshot of themselves and they're like uh the line in their cv is like i'm basically pep guardiola please see photo attached and they're like oh okay exactly. cool like <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> this is just the top of a bald head, but we'll take your word for it. Oh, his name sounds
0: Spanish enough. Like Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so these are the types of teams that we generally match up against well as well, right? I mean, I think uh, it's been pretty well established in the meta now that pressing soccer tends to do its best work against uh, teams that like to play more possession intensive sets because of the way that it kind of smothers uh the sm- it smothers a team that tries to build out their back their defenders right uh and i think uh, this is kind of what happened here especially on that third goal which was a uh, kind of kind of wild basically what happened right i think uh, <laughs> the third goal late in stoppage time i think I exemplified that right uh, i think what was it omir that i think um doggedly pressed him got that turnover when the goalkeeper passed it to their center back, won a deep, like basically on the edge of the 18-yard box, and then there was a quick cutback to uh, Tom Barlow, who just put it away from two yards.
1: No, it was actually, uh, that was Lukinas on that play.
0: Oh, that was Lukinas? I thought yeah, it was the like was... that triggered the press, and then uh, like they got to, it to well, somebody th- on the byline who cut it back for Tom Barlow.
1: No, that was was I just
0: noted there was a cutback at some
1: point. No, that was, that was, uh, that was Luquine, yes. If I can, if I remember correctly. So basically after, uh, the go-ahead goal off the great play by Klimala, right? Uh, one noticeable thing is that, uh, something we've, we've been missing, uh, I, I want to say something we've been missing this season is that, uh, once we get ahead, we really went for the jugular. Like the press was still crazy, pressing, uh the center backs and the fullbacks. Once the goalkeeper got on the ball and that ball kind of comes off, or I mean, that chance really does come off of, um, if I, if I look here, I'm actually looking, rewatching the highlights. Basically we have a goal kick. It goes out into the corner. Um, I think it lo- Oh, it, it does look like Omir or somebody wins the header. That could have been, uh, Dylan Nealis. The ball goes out into the corner, their fullback or their center back, is trying to clear it, but then Lukinius is pressing him, gets on his ass, and then wins the ball, squares it to to Barlow. But yeah, like that's that's ninety in the ninety second minute. Like we haven't been able to do that this season. Um, and I guess even if if we outside of this game and at some of the other games, I think if, in, if we look at the game against Chicago, um, the goal that Harper scored, the goal that Clemola scored, um, the goal this goal particularly with Dilla, uh, the Dylan Nealis. Two one goal, and the goal with Tom Barlow is just like uh, I think you said it earlier. It's just like generating those chances where we get a guy who can get to the byline and square it across the face of goal. Yeah,
0: and and, uh, and
1: especially the one against Chicago, right? Like the ease with which we were able to do that. It's like how, like, it's that simple. How do we not? How are we not able to do that all the time?
0: Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think we're starting to see a bit more of that. Like, I think uh, there's a couple key, I think, developments in attack over the past couple of years, right? I mean, I think we talk a lot about how. Once again, in the form of La yes, you have somebody who can uh, play these these raking balls right behind uh, behind the de- opponent's uh, defensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Or s- through balls, basically. It's people streaking in his the space, They're surging in there. But also, I think what you can't take away over the last uh, couple games, right, is the effect that Omir Fernandez has had as well on uh, opening up space for Patrick Lamala, right, to kind mm-hmm. of run into and... Uh, hunt space basically and i think uh the un- one of the understated parts of omir's game right is his is his secondary running right yeah like his ability to carve out space by like drawing defenders with really well-timed runs into the box and i think part of the reason why you're starting to see clima get a greater degree of open looks in front of goal right is because you have someone peeling off creating that space for him Right, and then on top of that, you talk about how, uh, you know, I think his, he's this, he's a really, he's very good at retaining the ball as well in the attacking third, right? He's yeah. you know, always kind of in the right place to either be available for pass and recycle, like, a quick bit of possession, right, in the attacking third. Yeah. Um, it's these little things, you know. I, I, I think, uh, you know, he's not going to be, I think, sort of, he's not going to be the... Um, He's not going to be the star of the show, right? He's right. not going to be. He's
1: a great uh, companion, like uh, he's like Scotty Pippen, basically, right? To, <laughs> like, to like, Lukinas' Kine- yes, is Jordan or something yeah. like that.
0: Klimala's <laughs> Jordan, is Scotty Pippen, and I guess Lucianes is. Uh, I don't know, I, I, I... <laughs> Steve
1: Kerr. Like I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I uh, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I mean, I like know. he's obviously not
1: Dennis Rodman, but you know, like. <laughs> right. Or is, is is wait is a. Uh, would Lukinius be magic johnson in this case i'm trying to think of what
0: <laughs> uh, i think it'd probably be like the golden state warriors and i'm sorry to invoke that name right but i think here yeah, but... would be Draymond green and then klimala would probably be klimala would be like clay thompson or something and then Maybe, yeah. that makes leukeas steph curry so yeah i mean right. i think that kind of makes a bit more sense or kevin right. durant if you're so inclined but fuck that shit if you're
1: dude. so inclined <laughs> No, Frankie. It, no uh, Frankie Amaya would be would be Kevin Durant, because he, he's on Twitter during a game. Ball, don't lie. The, the
0: moment Amaya gets busted for having burner accounts, like, defending himself, <laughs> like, that's when we really know we've crossed the event horizon. Like,
1: <laughs> we have our own Kevin Durant. Without
0: question, uh, the funniest NBA controversy of, like, the 2010s. Like,
1: <laughs> the Kevin Durant right. burners. Fucking hell, <laughs> oh, man. Like, seriously... Yeah. But I guess if we want to go back, right? Like uh, having Luquinas and Omir Fernandez on the field has, this, like you said, that like Omir Fernandez can keep the ball; he can sort of recycle possession, um, and so he doesn't necessarily have to do what Lukinius does, which is sort of more of that driving type of dribbling that Luquinas will do to get into space uh, to play those balls out wide or whatever, yeah. or to even take shots. It's just like it's 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 a, it, it's it's coming out. Yeah, I don't know. You know me. I'm a big fan of Omer Fernandez. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know
0: what you mean. I mean, like, it's basically his role in the team is is to his role in the team is to create space for others, basically, and like his right. role in the offense is to peel off and create. Space, right, is what we were talking about when we were talking about two striker formations. Like I think in the beginning of the year, where you had the kind of movement where somebody would either run to your bo- your post to carve out space. I think on the edge of the eighteen, yeah. or you'd have you, you know classic near, one attacks near post, one goes far post, stuff like that. Right, giving two options in the box to pass into from somebody who's cutting into the byline. Uh, somebody who is cutting into the byline because I think you are collecting acting like a through pass from like Kinyas or something off his yeah. edge. You know, I mean that's. It's this kind of movement, I think, that we've been lacking over the... Like, I said this in past weeks, but we've been lacking this over the past two or three weeks. We're starting to see it come back a little bit more, right? And I think um, the contributions of these two players around Patrick Lamala, I think, are key to that. And as a result of that, you're also starting to see, like, Patrick really strut his stuff, right? And I think mm-hmm. this game against Charlotte especially, you know, I, I am really, really happy to see, like, um, that, you know... A kind of performance for him, right? Because we've had this feeling about Klimala for so long, right? And yeah. I really do hope that he builds on this, right? That he has come so close, right? So many times. He casts a lot of flack because, like, he has the tenacity to, like, take the kinds of chances that nobody else in the team is even capable of, like, furnishing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Just hasn't really... It doesn't really um, come off all the time. But this time against Charlotte, where he is sort of like in his groove, right? He's free to go hunt space in the channels. He's free to uh, run in behind defenders, right? Uh, And get the ball played in in front of him to space, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start to see like what a terror he can be when he gets to run at people. You know, I think... um, yeah, you. A it, great he, it's, it's
1: a surprising striker play. It's like it's like shades of Fernando Tor is the way he would <laughs> dribble yeah. past. Because it's like it's not even like he doesn't even do anything fancy. Just really powerful, incisive dribbling that gets past guys and really smart movement. We can talk about the the goals in a second. But uh, what, what were you saying?
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. That's exactly what I wanted to say, right? I mean, like of how direct and powerful he is in attack. You know, I mean, I think uh, it's a better it's a better advertisement for what I think he's good at doing. Than a kind of being a bit more static and trying to hunt for vertical balls, you know. And I'm f- glad that they finally found someone who, um, you know, taps into that, right? We mm-hmm. haven't had a player who can play these kind of balls since Kaku. We've mentioned this many times in the past. Yes, I'm good. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, you know, and like I said, you know, I mean, like, it finally. F- Finally, a game where it feels that the production is catching up to what the underlying numbers were saying the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you should, I mean, I've, I hope, I, I can only hope that they build on this. I would 100% root for them to build on this because a confident, hungry Patrick Lamala, I am convinced, is a 20 goal a season striker. You yeah. just have to put the right people around him. Um, and I think he showed it this game, right? I mean, Charlotte didn't have an answer for him. I mean, I think uh, basically, like running them, <laughs> running them rough shot over. Uh, I think, uh, I think the seventy or so minutes that he played, right
1: before he got subbed out. Um, yeah. To quote uh, Thierry, "Got wings." Uh, he, he, he. Klamala got that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about the underlying numbers, but also he got that dog in him.
0: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and then, yeah, I think uh, basically the, the, the highlight obviously would probably be like a setting up Dylan Nealis for the second goal, right? I mean that's, that's basically what it's we're talking so, about. So
1: it's so good. I've watched like the the team posted like a close up clip clip of it, and I'm just like cross referencing that from what I saw on the field. It's so that play is so good. Yeah. It's such good striker play. Like that ball, I think that ball comes off this, I think from, from the goalkeeper, right? It's fizz and he kills it right on his chest, gets it out to the wing, controls it the first time, uh, beats Carujo in the, in the, in the first duel, right? Gets separation. And then he peels away. He makes his way towards the goal. And the way he cuts, right? He makes that diagonal run cutting in front of Carujo. That's like, that's, that is textbook striker play. Like yeah. once you do that, like the, like he could have done that to Carujo. He could have done that to Carl we met he could have done that to Virgil van Dyke. like once mm-hmm. once he gets that run right in front of him like he's gone like the, the the center back can't do anything either you're you're giving up a penalty or you have to let him do what he's going to do and that's exactly what he did yeah. he fizzes that ball across uh for the tap in like man man yeah and that's the kind of thing that I think uh we should no if- disrespect to Carl we met I was just trying to think of center backs <laughs>
0: yeah that's the kind of thing that we we we've been we've been missing from our strikers as well. I mean, I gotta say, you know, I mean, uh, look, I I, I love the guy to death. He was a very useful player, but I mean, Brian White wouldn't be doing things like this, man. I'm sorry, like, <laughs> but they're different kinds of
1: players, basically. Different kinds of players. It's different like kind of players. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: like, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, um. It does seem a case where um, I think I I I just um, all I really have to say is that I hope they build on this going into DC. Yes, please, yeah. I, I, I was trying I was trying to find a way to kind of take it forward, but I think we've kind of basically covered everything there is to cover about Clemona's contributions as well. Right? I mean, I think we're all chuffed the bits for him. I think uh, we on this podcast are no secret that we are have been rooting for him and uh, you know if uh, this is kind of like a watershed moment for him i mean like i don't i don't see why anyone would think that it's a bad thing right i mean a confident hungry striker i mean like if you're rooting against that just because you want to be right for brownie points on the internet like have a look at yourself basically <laughs> like <laughs> i have been wrong many times on this podcast i'm not going to hold myself against to it when i'm wrong i'm wrong that's just how it is right <laughs> yeah um seriously i i i will never read against our players just so that i can be right online that's ridiculous right that being said (laughs) that being said um uh other things that kind of stood out about this game uh, i think um um. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one other thing, you know, I mean, uh, the, we, we talk about the kinds of chances that have been re- really been falling his way, but I think how the opportunism, I think, on the first goal, especially, right, we just kind of been the first to the ball. I think within the six-yard box. Yeah. I mean, like, I think uh, we talk about how, you know, these kinds of chances hadn't really been falling on a plate for a striker, like in recent years, so much for whatever reason. But I think that was another thing that you can talk about, right? I mean, like a BWP used to, used to have a field day with these kinds of chances. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, all it can really be said is that it's a great all-around performance from the number nine. And, you know, uh, if it's, a, if it's uh, something that just kind of gets a mental monkey off his back, uh, I'd be happy for him. I mean, like, you mm-hmm. can't deny that he's been doing so much work. Right, he has been putting in an incredible amount of effort into trying to better himself. Right, the work that he does in the weight room, his fitness, everything. Like, like you know, I think this would be the kind of things where you know, hopefully, it builds off of, and he does earn himself a seat on the plane to Qatar with uh, Poland as a result of that. So yeah, I mean, well done all around uh definitely yeah. my man of the match for this open cup tie um, and i think that kind of about, i think that kind of just about does it for i think uh, the spate of fixtures i think so let's just move on to stocks for the last six games i guess yeah Yeah. Um, i think um i will issue a stock up to klimala obviously yes. to klimala i will also issue a stock up to cameron orfer And I think we didn't really get Mm, to talk about him. I think uh, we didn't really get to talk about him, but I think uh, the sudden emergence of Cameron Harper as a choice at right wing back is another development that I certainly did not have on my bingo card going into the season. But now that it's happened, (laughs) I can't be too mad i ain't right. gonna be mad about it like i mean like basically
1: like early on we we're our discussions of because i think what, when cameron harper first showed up we we're like how's he gonna fit in the diamond midfield remember when we had the diamond midfield yeah. remember <laughs> remember that
0: yeah, there's gonna be like a shuttler or something but no exactly in the end, now all of a sudden in the yard and he Mr. Strupp was like no we are going to play with wingbacks <laughs> yes and uh it's been a good fit for him. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I mean, other than the parts where he had to spell, I think on his uh on, on the on the other flank, right, uh, left back. I think uh, at right back slash right wing back, he's looked pretty useful. I mean, I think. Uh, there's uh, talk about the natural attacking instincts that you need to have in that role, right? In that role, yeah. Especially like knowing when to go forward and attack space from out wide. And I mean, I think uh, it fits his skill set a little bit more, right? I mean, uh, to talk about a conversion from a winger to a more central role isn't always easy because you tend to be pulled out. Of... Your your natural inclination is to, is to go out wide and stay out wide, and that opens up uh-huh. space in the middle of the pitch, right? But the right wing back role and how we were talking about how. This role particularly is probably the most uh, width-oriented role in the whole team setup right now, right? Uh, he He's just allowed to hug the touchline and make direct runs a little bit more, right? I mean, uh, we kind of see from the way that he's played that he is a very kind of a straight-line player, right? And he runs very direct into space. And when he seizes that opportunity to run into, he just takes it. It's more what you'd expect of a traditional winger playing out there, right wing back. So long as they can do the defensive work and, you know, for the, for what it's worth. I mean, like he hasn't looked like a liability on the defensive side of things so far. I mean, like he's, uh, you know, pinching in pretty well, maybe. Yeah. You know, I think, um, that was, it's been promising basically. Uh, we have, yeah, it's been promising. Like, uh, when we, when we, when we signed Yeah, we've said
1: earlier that like, like we talk about those chances of of getting to the byline and cutting that ball across. Like that's that seems like exactly his game. And really, it was just a matter of how do we position on him on the field uh, to enable him to just do that. And I think the difference between, I guess, I don't want to. This is so. Lewis Morgan has been pissing me off these past few weeks because <laughs> uh, I think I think he's a good player. Not, but it just feels like there's a weird way of like how do we shoehorn him into the lineup. Is he a 10? Do we play him as a wing back? Do we have him and it doesn't feel like he is he can't dribble quite like Luquinhas because he's not as his dribbling is not as zigzaggy as Luquinhas. His dribbling is a little more straight line. Yeah. Um but if we're talking about like that kind of like straight line dribbling, Cameron Harper is probably better at that where he can like approach a guy and then beat him with his pace. But then even then it's like he I saw, like, there was a chance early on in the Miami game where he's just, like, where Morgan is just, like, he's, like, strolling with the ball, but he beats, like, six defenders <laughs> on them, like, and I'm, like, like, dude, where is that? That's sick. Yeah. Um, he's he's a he's a real land of contrast. This he's Lewis a party. land of contrast, but I can't, I can't, honestly, just to go back to the Chicago game, Morgan, Harper, Klimala, all of our goal scorers are ex-Celtic players, so... Uh, for it's a grand old team to play for, both uh, the Red Bull and, and and Celtic Celtic Football Club.
0: You're talking about Champions of Scotland, uh, Celtic Football Club. And basically yes. all I'm hearing here is that we need to... All right, if you had 47-38 as the moment in the episode where we make a J-League reference, congratulations, Bingo, because we should sign Rio Hatate. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Rio Hatate...
0: Um I mean I think Kyogo Furuhashi is probably destined for greater things so I think uh, Yes
1: <gasps> Daisan Maeda maybe but
0: mm, yeah I don't know. I'm, not, I'm still not really quite sold in him of a uh, Not Japanese, okay boys uh but, but for know, an
1: immediate need let's get Reo Reo in the team Reo Hatate yeah <laughs> Yes <laughs> Yeah um
0: so I think um yeah I mean I think uh, to, to kind of go back to your point I think uh you know I think that's the, that's the weird thing about Lewis Morgan for me. Um, I do where I, I think partially it's because I think uh, it just seems that the ball's tighter at the feet of Cameron Harper. You know what I mean? Like there are guys who kind of look like a, they have uh, the ball kind of on a string a little bit. And I think uh, mm-hmm. it just seems a bit tighter with Cameron Harper. I'm not really sure why. I think Lewis Morgan's like a – you'd compare Lewis Morgan to like a freight train right yeah maybe <laughs> like he needs a real you know
1: you know ball. what it is also it's like it's like if you think about the goals he scored this year it's not like him dribble off dribbly moves it's more of him like just reacting to the ball and hitting it first time because yeah. he just has such great technique and he can just hit it first time he it and get it where it needs yeah. to go that, yeah that's so why
0: i'm convinced that like he's actually better in that like sort of central advanced role right where you can kind of mm. play off of uh where he where where he he's free to kind of like just hunt space, I think you know and, yeah
1: uh, or even up. like his best attacking moves is not is him like I think we've said it before, but him like drifting on the on the on the on the wings and sort of the ball shuffling out to him running into space, yeah, um which I think I think you mentioned it earlier is that like, that's a thing that we're trying to do more now of is just like raking that ball across to the winger yeah. um yeah
0: it just hasn't really been quite been, uh, was it right? It hasn't been pulling off uh, with any regularity, unfortunately, but yeah, yeah it I feels mean, like when the, when the
1: game, there. when the game slows down, it hurts Morgan in the way that it wouldn't hurt a guy like Luke Yes.
0: Yeah. Or, or Harper who can kind of create a little bit off the dribble consistently. Yeah. Right. I think, uh, that, that, that's the main difference. I think it maybe be a yeah. case where Morgan suits more open games. And, uh, I think, Cameron Harper is in a case where if you need somebody who uh, is going to create from, I think, up against a tighter defensive line, right? A deeper defensive block. Yeah. That kind of stuff might be the issue. You just kind of need somebody who's capable of creating off the dribble, I think, and will take advantage of defenders allowing them, like, time and space on the ball from, like, a starting, from a, from a start, standing, stopping possession. Maybe that's where I'm at, but. Cut a long story short, I have been pretty pleased with what I've seen from Cameron Harper. I did not have that as a development going into the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope it continues. I hope we continue to get some pretty good looks at him. Uh, Other stock up, I will probably, hmm, I think, think, uh, yeah, I'm probably, (laughs) yeah, Omir Fernandez, I think, definitely deserves one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think... uh, We've been giving a lot of props to Lukinius, I think, in the past few weeks. But I mean, uh, like I said at the top of the episode, you cannot deny the the little things that Omir adds to make the whole thing click, right? I mean, this is uh, the glue guy in the attacking zone. Basically, like I said, he's not going to be the star of the show. He's not going to be a guy who carries you basically through his uh, by by scoring like bags of goals, bucket bucket loads of goals. But he is going to be a guy you put on the field to make everybody else shine that little bit more. Right, and those players are valuable, right? The unsung heroes of the team, right? Like, uh, no doubt, in terms of being able to make the whole thing work, I think you definitely need to give him his flowers for that, right? Ever since uh, he kind of came out of nowhere after being buried on the bench for most of twenty twenty and most of twenty nineteen. To mm-hmm. be reintroduced to him team in his fashion. And, uh, you know, he he's hit the ground running ever since, right? And I think you really got to give him his props for that. Like, he's really seized his chances. Mm, stock downs. Oh, mm, was stuck down to Christian Kassler's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think uh, his... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just really not sold on his uh, positioning. Ability. He just always. He still just doesn't really seem like uh, I. I can relitigate this at length, but I'm not going to. I think you. You kind of already know my reasons for that. Uh, they amount to the fact that he's a square of a peg in a round hole, and like nothing about him has convinced me that he really grasps the positional tenets of uh, where we need to be. Makes a lot of really baffling decisions. I think, like I don't know, like uh, I will issue a stock down to Lewis Morgan. I think. Because, like, he's another one there. I think uh, now that there have been other um, options emerging on the team, I think uh, this continue the continued inability to find a role and space for him continues to be a bit of a question mark. And I think especially for, you know, I mean, uh, the, the scrutiny is going to be intensified no matter what the reason. I think partially because of the uh, price tag that he came with. Uh, I mean, it's fake money, but nevertheless, it's fake money. It's it's fake money, but nevertheless, you would kind of hope that um, they find a place for him. I think on this team because it's not becoming immediately apparent like where his best position is. You know, I think that'd be fair to say. Um, I'm gonna issue a stock down to the defense collectively. <laughs> Having issued a stock up to them collectively, um, the last episode, I'm going to issue a stock down to them collectively, just because of all of these silly schoolboy errors. It's again, it's something that's fixable, but yeah, lads, like please sort it out. Like, <laughs> 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 we cannot afford to. Uh, this is just solely based on what we've seen over the last few weeks. You know, yeah. I, I just cannot afford to have these kinds of silly errors costing us points, especially at home. So, yeah. Defense, get it together. Thank you. We all know you're super talented. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. That's it for me. Um, let's hear it for you. Uh, agree with the stocks up. I think... I've mentioned Dylan Nealis here before. And I think part of the issue was that I would go, it would be like when we were recording every week, it'd be like game to game. Sometimes you'd have a good game. Sometimes you'd have a bad game. But now that we've, we have six games to look back to chew on, (laughs) we are seeing a player that we've mentioned before that, uh, this is sort of, he was still acclimating himself to the speed at which this team plays. And we are seeing a player that has, uh, that is able to play more confidently in this system um at the very least of taking a, at playing at that right wing back spot and sort of playing uh a little more on the front foot a little more braver taking a, little, a few more risks trying to beat guys trying to overlap a little bit more um there were a few moments where he's like he got past the guy fizzed that ball across um i mean he did score a goal too uh uh, he does seem like to, he that he collects yellow cards, which might be an issue, but uh, aggression is good as long as he's not, you know, killing dudes, but, or maybe, maybe we need him to kill dudes. But anyway, <laughs> Dylan Nielis, uh, you know, uh, keep up the good work. I know he, if, if you listen to this podcast, I don't know. Um, is it, is there that, I think I agree with the rest of the stock ups. Um, let me see uh and stock stock stocks or you know what you know i feel like giving a stock up to tom barlow just a little bit (laughs) just for i just noticed the stat i think tom barlow probably one of the things we say about tom barlow is the guy grinds the guy works hard the guy he's always running tom barlow i think actually leads the league in pressures per 90 for strikers
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like the, call, the the hallmark of his game at this point, right? It's like being uh, right. sent on to be the defensive closer. Exactly, and but like, it's harangue. quite
1: impressive that like he's his, his, his um, let me see, his he has third like almost 30 and a half uh, defensive pressures per 90 and that's like double the average.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's his value to the team, right? Is that he's going right. to continue to harangue tired legs basically. I mean, like this yeah. would kind of be our equivalent of throwing on Park Ji Sung, I think, like about halfway through the second half, just so that he can exactly. go a rough shot against, like, uh, you know, really... This is the same role that Alex Meal used to play, basically, right? The guy who you throw on, because you know he's an absolute terror in the press, will never stop running, will never stop harassing defenders. Uh, and as a result of that, you keep up the intensity of the press over the, over the course of a full 90, right? I mean, like, yeah. these are the kinds of players you kind of need on the bench sometimes. This is that nominally because he's he's played in the striker position. He's going to be knocked for his lack of goal-scoring ability. But, you know, let's look away from that for a little bit and understand that his role in the team is to run, you know, is to run tired legs, eggs down, basically, right? Yeah. I mean... The and ideal, we saw that against
1: against Charlotte against too, Charlie, like yeah, how, that, how important how important it was to keep the press up after we we get the one the goal after after the second goal.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think that brings me to my point, which is like uh, the ideal situation for introducing him into a game is where we're up, like maybe say two one three one, and we're just there exactly. to basically close out the clock. Right. I mean, uh, if we're de- if we're hunting a goal, like uh, we say we need to go up one uh, one. 1 0, I mean, or like we're down 1 0, or something. Like, obviously, that's not an ideal situation for him to be mm-hmm. introduced into the game. But unfortunately, due to the way that the roster was constructed and the way that the team played over the last two or three years, these are mostly the situations that he found himself being introduced in. Right. And I think that was a giant failing on behalf of everybody who is at management at the club yeah, to be putting players in these kinds of situations. But now that's starting to change a little bit, right? And we are talking about guys who are now being put into more better positions to utilize their skill sets and better positions to succeed. I mean, I think that that's basically what we're starting to see more of, especially in the case of Tom Barlow, right? And Now he's deployed, now he's utilized. He's not being sent in to chase goals anymore. He's just being sent in to be like, Tom, we just need 15 minutes out of you where you just beat the shit out of tired defenders, take advantage of the lapses, generate those turnovers, and maybe we can be able to bag two or three more, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's ideal. I mean,
1: that's a certainly more ideal use of his skill set. But anyway, uh, back to oh, you. Oh, you, know you know who I think who also gets a stock up just for the sake of, I think people, not just myself, I think other people have noticed in this game because of this game against Charlotte, because of the, 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 the compact and intimate nature of, of MSU, people are, are finally noticing just how shithouse of a player Tom Edwards is. <laughs> just like we we've seen it before but just he is man the guy is the guy he's a cheeky bastard and sometimes you need that he's a he's the chippy lad in Sunday league right like someone someone said uh someone was saying that like he was going to take a throw in and there were some kids uh going like fuck this ref fuck this ref and like tom like edwards like had turned had to turn around just, <laughs> just cuz he was cracking up <laughs> Or we also had, we have a, uh, we had a corner late in the game and obviously we were just trying to kill the game off and it was Edwards and, and Dylan Nealis on the corner. And uh, it was, you know, one of those things where like you just roll the ball and then like you just kind of keep the ball in the corner. Right. But, uh, I think he, he, he passes a little to Nealis. Nealis hits it back. And then as soon as Edwards is on the ball, D- uh, Dylan Nealis like basically screens the defender so that he could just run into him and win the foul. <laughs> just amazing. Wow. Just incredible. It's beautiful. It beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, um,
0: well, I guess uh, Daniel Edelman deserves an honorable mention because he oh, yeah,
1: you're right. I forgot. He is. Back. He is tidy, man.
0: Yeah, very, very smart player. I mean, I think I'd probably want to see more reps for him than Christian Casares Jr. at this point.
1: Maybe, so. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was noticeable, not just like keeping possession, but like when he needed to, he could progress the ball forward, which is like a quick dribble. Like, yeah, obviously, this is a small sample size, but I liked what I saw. Like, he's yeah, tidy.
0: exactly. It's it's, it's it's tasty, right? I mean, I think uh, we talk about Yearwood and Amaya being able to drive the ball from deep, right? But I think progressive dribbles from a deeper position i think are going to be called upon a lot more in this uh, tactical setup especially and i think edelman probably provides that more than what Nav- then i mean is does i mean uh, <laughs> at this point maybe yeah uh, I, don't I don't know, know. <laughs> but yeah basically all i'm trying to say is that i think a daniel edelman probably deserves a pretty cl- deserves more consistent looks i think off the bench i think at the very least, or um, at least in a role... There's uh, more minutes at MLS level. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I just want to see what he has at this point, as opposed to, like, kind of... I don't know. <laughs> the other options. The other options. Yeah. We're still not at full strength at the midfield, right? I don't think. But, I mean, like, uh, Carmona hasn't really been... The, Wiki the, the, hasn't
1: come back hasn't, yet. He hasn't come Reyes back yet. Reyes was on the field today, but, like... Fletcher is still out with a knock yeah
0: uh that, that, that'll probably uh yeah I mean it's probably gonna be a shot in the arm but we haven't really missed them too much either right say so it's uh, not, but it's always good to have it's always good to have these players yeah I was gonna say especially if I think uh international uh, international soccer coming back Oh yeah, yeah but, but let's close out your stocks first. Uh, no, I think that's else? it. I think
1: I don't, I don't necessarily have a, I think you already mentioned uh, Lewis Morgan for the stock down. I think, uh, I think, I think we're pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's where we are for that. So um, yeah, pretty good go. We look ahead to DC United, I think this weekend. Um, look ahead as in the sense that I know that we're playing them. I don't really have anything to say about our opposition as you know by now. Uh, instead, I want to focus on uh, team development. And I think we've mentioned uh, a few interesting ones, I think, uh, going into uh, this weekend. I think, as you mentioned, uh, we f- saw Andres Reyes in a training top. So that's that's a good sign. He is a yeah. uh, very, very good player. Um, uh, Jones fractures, I understand, can be kind of tricky ones to, uh, to manage because uh, it really depends on how well they heal. But it does seem that he's on track for now. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, right. Yeah, but it does seem like a, he's a, fitting the timeline that was prescribed, and I do think that that's going to be key for defensive reinforcements, especially. Um, don't take that as a knock against Aaron Long and Sean Nealis, though, because I think they've really been doing a good job of holding down the fort in the meantime. And uh, Yeah. You know, Uh, considering that we have other defensive... I mean, uh, the other defensive pieces around him that circumstantially slot in next to him and Dylan Nealis and uh, Tom Edwards as well. I mean, I think they've also done a really good job spelling whenever we uh, go out in three-man backline formations. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think uh, it's going to make an already pretty good unit stronger, right? Because I think once Reyes got over... uh, (laughs) Once the hullabaloo over uh, his uh, his debut blew over, <laughs> he managed to prove himself to be a pretty damn good player, right? In yeah. terms of how many, in terms of his aerial prowess, especially, um, it was nice to see that he <laughs> he stopped being a foul machine, basically. <laughs> but right. it I've got to say it was a very memorable. Um, first appearance for the club <laughs> to say the least a goal and a red card before the end of the first half if i'm not mistaken some crazy shit like that then almost then, had an assist too i think almost had an assist. yeah i mean it was uh, that was a wild ass game i mean <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but yeah like I said you know I'm, I'm glad that he built on it and uh, you know the the, the the knee-jerk reactions saying that he wasn't like cut out for this team <laughs> were eventually silenced <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry I mean like I don't want to I don't want to turn this into the episode where I address all my enemies online but some <laughs> <laughs> some of, some of the, so the, the discourse sometimes can be a bit bizarre but we know this at this point. Um, not a fit for the system. Suck my ass, like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Anyway, um, oh boy. Anyway, um, let's see. Um, I think the other the other thing is is that I think uh, we mentioned that we still aren't at full strength in midfield. Right? I mean, uh, Caden Clark continues to be a a mystery. But anyway, like if he's really so unhappy with his playing time, he's probably going to continue to be a non-factor. So whatever.
1: Yeah, Uh, he was there. He was there at MSU running around, but I don't remember the last time he played. But at this point, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, (laughs) I don't. don't (laughs) At this point, I don't care. Like (laughs) Wickelman, Carmona,
0: I think uh, slowly being. I don't know. Slowly, slowly, slowly being brought back into the fold. Uh, We'll see what happens there. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, still kind of uh, dubious as to what's going on with Ashley Fletcher. Uh, we are coming up around the halfway mark, I think, of his... Uh, sorry, we're going coming around the halfway mark of the season. And his loan expires, was it in June or is it July? I can't remember. It was one of those. Uh,
1: I want to say it's July, probably.
0: Yeah, so uh, the, the the clock is ticking,
1: kind of. The and I think
0: this injury, unfortunately, is kind of... Uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of a wrench into things. And it's a bit frustrating because I do think he's shown some tidy some tidiness to his play. It's just unfortunate that, like, uh, you know, couldn't couldn't build on that because uh, of a random injury. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: That being said, um, yeah, clock is ticking, so I kind of do hope he gets back on the field sooner rather than later so that we can
1: actually yeah, see. Yeah, I'm curious, as because um, obviously Watford got relegated, and uh, I don't know what kind of ship they're running, that, if they would like f- remember that he's on this team.
0: And I imagine that, like, uh, if you like, like, the relegation probably means they're going to be chittisoning some extraneous salary anyway. So maybe I, I
1: mean, like, Tom Edwards is back, but he's back, like, basically Stoke said he just loaned him out again. So I could, I could, it's possible that Watford does it again. I don't know.
0: I mean, like, it, like I was going to say that it makes it easy. It, it, it ideally makes a better case for us to say that we want to extend his loan and we'll take on mm-hmm. his salary that's the case yeah. Watford can just be like k because <laughs> i don't think uh i don't know if uh necessarily but but of course we don't know how he fits into the airplanes as, of yes, as
1: long as all as long as like watford is not like we, we're gonna take Ed, we're gonna take uh we're gonna take ashley fletcher back are you interested in tom cleverly like fuck no absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> uh, would yeah. you like musa Sisoko? like oh gosh
0: these are guys who were like guys in the Premier League when I was watching a bit more intently in like the early 2010s, and it bores yeah. me to think that they're still around in some shape. Before.
1: They're still around.
0: Next, like, so you're gonna tell me that Papis Cisse is still a thing? Like
1: <laughs> he is still playing.
0: I know he's still playing, but I'm not sure where he is personally. He's bro. in Turkey. I mean, that's is that really playing though? You gotta ask yourself: is, is that a real league? Like. <laughs> <laughs> You really want to count that as high level soccer?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, he's still. Oh gosh, I'm looking at the team he's on. He's on the same. You remember? Ugh, God, Tyler Boyd. You remember that the New Zealand guy that showed up for the 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 uh, the U.S. men's national team and just never played a game again? Yeah, Jesus Christ,
0: dude, that's a that's a Klinsmann special.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, Joel Paulo the the Finnish guy who was at I don't know. Oh my God, Yannick Belasi is on this team too. Oh jeez, he he! I heard, last. I heard he was in a relegation battle. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I, I kind of would take Yannick Bolasie on this team. You,
0: you, okay, you know, I I mean, I shot on the Red Bull Arena experience earlier today, but if they can redeem themselves by giving the uh, by giving the uh, <laughs> by giving the Iron Mike sequel, <laughs> right, we all wanted BWP Yannick Bolasie like live in the stadium. Yes, like, part two. Lords of the mic. Yeah, <laughs> featuring uh, with a special verse from our boy AK, who's like <laughs> the <little> grimiest motherfucker. <laughs> oh
1: lord! Uh, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, so I guess like I guess.
1: Anyway, yes. Sorry. Uh, I guess. Do we want to look ahead to DC, or we're we're about over an hour? I think. <laughs>
0: Look, man. Every time we try to preview our opposition, we only exp- I I only expose like how how tuned out of the rest of MLS I am right now. So yeah, I don't
1: know. I, I mean, the last time we played them was a bunch of kids, and they got smashed. And I don't think they were really that into the team. I don't think we're gonna face a bunch of kids again. Uh, they got that taxi artist Funtus guy that was linked to us, and he's apparently been pretty good. But who knows? yeah Who i knows, mean honestly. i mean
0: i mean this t- is i mean these are the kinds of like i said right these are the kinds of games that we need to be winning at home if we s- are serious about like trying to be good this year also right? like
1: yeah. it's like just beat dc i feel like yeah it's gotta do- yeah just like just for the vibes man
0: yeah, like I mean, like you're building on the good vibes of a good cup run, right? Uh, you you technically bag a home win. Uh, it was a very convincing looking performance where you win three one in front of a raucous audience at MSU, right? And now you're coming up against a this is a rival going into a rivalry game against a rival that is kind of l- limping at the moment. I mean, like they're being coached by uh, what is it? Their interim manager Chad Ashton, right? Yeah. They've uh, jettisoned a lot of. Uh, they, they they seem to be an organization in a lot of flux right now, right? And these are the exactly the kinds of people that you should be fucking beating at home. Exactly. I mean, like, look, I mean, the simple fact of the matter is that, like, uh, you know, eleventh in the league. Yes, Taxi Fontas has been good, but they're still eleventh in the East. Uh, they have an interim manager. They are not particularly firing on all cylinders right now right these are the kinds of teams that you need to beat at home and that's mm-hmm. basically where i'm at with this game you you, you just got you just beat dc just you're beat right there DC. for the taking we cannot yes. afford to drop these points anymore right especially since um, i think um no, keep going yeah yeah you cannot afford to drop these points anymore basically you know and exactly. i that, 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 that that's the only thing i really have to say i mean like looking ahead from this game right i mean uh our stretch uh our, our schedule still looks pretty all right for the most part, right? I mean, I mean, looking ahead at some of the uh, other uh, teams that we're facing in the coming weeks, because after this, it's Charlotte again. Then Charlotte away, then we have
1: Toronto at home. Yeah, then we it's have the, the Open Cup, Cup game against, game the against- on yeah.
0: the twenty third of June. I mean, like the only the only game that has me like wary, right? Is City, right? But then we also factor in the fact that we have the international break after this game, right? Uh, so we'll be off for a week and we can reconvene on the 12th of June, which means the, t- the team has, you know, it's uh, time to reconvene, catch your breath a little bit, right? But then right from that, I think after, after, after the uh, Toronto game, the midweek spate continues, right? We have uh, five games, I think, from the Open Cup game. Uh we, we we have midweek games, I think, for the next two weeks until we face Cincinnati on the 10th of July, right? And then after that it's the it's the Derby away. Uh basically, like at this point, like there's <laughs> a long story for me to basically say that um this is gonna continue to be one of the easier parts of the schedule up until the open cup LAFC like back to back spate right at the end of june so i mean like we these are the games that i want to see us pick up points i want to see us beat these teams convincingly uh so that we can a go into international break on a good note and then two when the team has a week or so to recharge and recover we hit the ground running against against charlotte and then we take advantage of that basically going forward so yeah yeah that's where i'm at with that sorry it was kind of a long diatribe but yeah
1: (laughs) No, I think you got it. Uh, I guess in, in just so we don't jinx ourselves, uh, uh, we should figure out something nice to say about DC. Uh, DC, I would love uh, to eat uh, the Chinese takeout in DC. I hear it's very good. And they have (laughs) mumbo sauce, which I hear is off the chain.
0: Uh Nice thing to say about DC. I think uh, the ribs in House of Cards always looked really nice back when I watched House of Cards. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I guess I, it's it's not DC, but DC adjacent. I've been listening to this band called Turnstile. They're a hardcore band from, I guess, from a town that's halfway between Baltimore and DC. Their uh-huh. new album, Glow On, is extremely good. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, having I guess Fugazi fun
0: are from the D.C. general area. Right, well, Fugazi, yeah.
1: uh, Minor Threat, minor threat uh, yeah, Bad Brains, sort of
0: like yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to say, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fugazi, excellent band. I got to say, you know, uh, I. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, other.
1: Henry Rollins, also from D.C. area. Also from the D.C.
0: area, yeah. I mean, uh, the D.C. hardcore scene, as we all know, is a, uh, you know, pillar pillar of that uh other nice things about dc i I don't know man uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, i don't know it's got really malevolent
1: vibes dude i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i guess i guess we have to we have to between the district and washington as as people from there refer to it
0: yeah uh Dude, man, like I—I've actually like having been to like actual Washington D.C. and being on the ground. I mean, like I—I I cannot escape <laughs> just how malevolent it all feels, right? With, oh like, gosh, think tank. With, with all the think tank people you see fluttering around these dimly lit like metro stations. And oh shit. no! But then once you get out of the, the 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 central civil district, I gotta say it's got some out, pretty cool outcroppings, right? Uh, so yeah, you know. When you, surprisingly, the best part, unsurprisingly, the best parts of DC are the parts of DC where there is considerably less America. <laughs> <laughs> as I don't know if that's uh, paradoxical.
1: No, I think I think, think, I is, think yeah. that I think that's good. I think you got it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, uh, pre- pretty decent trip as long as you stay away from uh, you know uh, all the areas where people actually. Uh, probably end up in Washington D.C. for exactly. To cut a log story short, uh, that's that's all. That's all the nice stuff I really got to say about D.C. Um,
1: I think that's enough. Yeah,
0: uh, I can't, I can't, I can't believe you made us do this.
1: <laughs> I'm just covering our ba- I'm trying to cover our bases.
0: I understand, but I'm going to make you the fall guy for this. Unfortunately, Sure thing. You've you've fallen into my trap, Yugi. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> If you had 78 minutes as the anime reference uh, on this uh, episode, uh, congratulations. You win this part at the pool. Because uh, we can going to sneak it in on the way out. Yes. On the way out. Right. Right when they least expected it. So, yes. Uh, the game against DC United kicks off, I think, at 7 p.m. Correct. Tomorrow? Yep. Saturday, Saturday night kickoff, right? So, yeah. Always the weirdest ones in the schedule for me, but also the ones where it's most socially acceptable to go for post-match drinks so yeah you know i i I do appreciate those fixtures i think uh i don't know if green room is still around but that place is pretty dope uh it's still around oh nice yes nice 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 yeah it's been a while since uh so last time i was there someone played the song from the shooting stars meme (laughs) well i was just at green room at green Room, yeah. Well, I was like just sipping on wings and like <laughs> drinking my whiskey sour, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" It's <laughs> like, "Wow, dude!"
1: What a time to be alive!
0: Well, yeah, it was a great time to be alive. But yeah, the vibes are immaculate there. Uh, very good post match chill out spot. So yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my tip for you guys. Um, yeah. So nothing else really needs to be said for me. Thank you very much, Juan, for your time. You got it, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday for the game against dc united like i said we'll be probably probably hear from us again soon we are coming up on episode 69 after all and that's going to be an absolute extravaganza yes fan tv saying peace good night and fuck dc united yeah
3: we're gonna play football Soccer. football Soccer. football Soccer. On the We're going to be... talking about